Welcome to the Meet Hope Podcast, where we have conversations about faith and hope. Hope is one church made of people living out their faith through two expressions, in person and online. We believe a hybrid faith experience can lead to a growing influence in our community and our world for the sake of others. Welcome to Hope. And welcome to the Meet Hope podcast. This is Amanda Cavalieri. I am the Tomorrow's Hope Preschool Director and the Coordinator for Parenting and Family Ministries here at Hope Church. And I am so excited today to be sitting down with Gabrielle Moriali uh, to talk about some fun, exciting topics that she is a specialist in. Hi, Gabby. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And this is not your first time. You were with us on episode 50 um, yes. back at the holidays talking about chaos and hope and grace and support. So we're so glad that you're back. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. So as Amanda said, I'm Gabby. I am the owner and clinical director of Recovered and Restored Eating Disorder Therapy Center. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, South Carolina, and Florida. Um, I have been in the field over 11 years, specializing in eating disorder and body image. Um, I am truly passionate about what I do. And some fun facts about me is that Andrew Barber, the worship leader at Hope, is my husband. And we have a beautiful daughter named Cassie Joy and a niece named Kaya. So cute. And yeah, you are a new parent. And, I am. Um, God bless. God bless. That's right. <laughs> you are a new parent. And this is part of um, some parenting podcasts that we're going to be doing as a spinoff from our parenting in 2024 workshop. So awesome. I love that you're bringing in that professional background with um, being a mom and talking mm-hmm. about um, such an important topic that is hard and challenging um, for us as parents. And our kids as well. So we're going to be talking today about self-image. So can you go ahead and define what self-image is? Yeah. So really simply put, body image or self-image is just often the way that we perceive ourselves and our bodies. That's Mm -hmm. it. It's that simple. Now, it is a multifaceted concept, right? Like it's not just one thing that affects body image. Our family relationships affect body image. Society affects how we see our body. Our own internal, um, you know, dialogue affects how we see our body, the culture, things like that. But very simply put, it is how we see ourselves. Gotcha. And I think a lot of us struggle with how we see ourselves. Yeah, either related oh to it's so tender. Like th- yes. And and mm-hmm. I will tell you this is hard as a mom because I struggle with this myself. And mm-hmm. now I'm raising a preteen daughter and a teenage son who mm-hmm. um are already at an age where it's such a challenge, but then they're getting infiltrated by so many things of the culture and what what totally everything is saying to them about their own self-image that this is very challenging. Yeah. Um so it's such an important topic. Um, yeah. What what kind of statistics do you have on this? Well, I have many. I will say I'm going to throw out some statistics I found. You may find different ones when you search the internet because I think it's a really vast and broad topic. So by first grade, mm-hmm. it is reported that 22% of girls have reported going on a diet. Wow. So first grade is like six years old. First grade, six or seven, maybe five if they're advanced, but yeah, like six or seven. Yeah. And we know 
that um, statistically speaking, of anyone who goes on a diet, about 25% of them will develop an eating disorder. So okay. that's really dangerous. Yes. That's really dangerous. So scary. Uh, then as we go up through um, you know, early adolescence, it says that by high school, 63% of girls, and I believe about 20% of boys have reported dieting. And then as we get into adulthood, 79% of women and 29% or 28% of men also have struggled with uh, body rela- body image related issues. Um, so it's clearly pervasive and problematic. And I'm really glad we're talking about it. Well, I mean, 79% of women, that's almost all of us. That's a lot. That's, that's almost, almost all, all of us. us. That's almost all of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. This is, this is affecting everybody, um, yeah. which is why it's so important and so hard to do all at the same time. Um, so I'm so glad that you are here to talk with us today and explore this yep. topic. Um, so for us as parents, mm-hmm. talk to me about some things that we can be doing or saying, or even more not doing, not saying to help our children um, in this area. Yeah. So I think the first thing we can do, which I fully acknowledge this is easier said than done, is make peace with our own body. Okay, so how how do we do that, Gabby? How do we, how do, we do that, right? A lot of work, a lot of time. And I don't mean like work in the sense of like going out to work. I mean like internal work, the mm-hmm. hard stuff, the, the sensitive things, you know, and looking into the narratives that we have around our bodies and why we have these narratives and where they come from and how we may or may not want to change them. because. Um, If we are saying negative things about ourselves and then someone says to, let's say, our 10-year-old, you look just like your mom. Mm. They just interpreted, oh, I look like mom. Well, mom thinks she's, insert negative comment here. Right. And they just took that on. Where if you're a mom who's even saying neutral things, which I will talk about body neutrality and we'll get into all of that. That is definitely something I recommend. Neutral things like my body is my body. Or you know what? not even focusing on bodies, which I'll totally get to. Um, that really helps them to just say, I look like mom, cool, or whatever, you know, right. and just keeping it moving. Um, one of the biggest predictors of positive self-image in adolescence is having a parent who has positive self-image. Gotcha. So I think first doing the work. Um, also taking the focus off of their bodies. Why are we so body obsessed? Mm. Right? Like even having a young child, people comment on her body. Now it's innocent and sweet because she's little, but there are also times where I'm like, um, could you just say like that she's so like smiley because she is overly right. smiley. Well, it's she's very, yeah. if you've met Cassie yeah. Joy, if she's, she's met her overly mom, yes. smiley. <laughs> yes. Or if, could you say, what a cute bow. My child is always wearing a bow. If you feel like you want to make it appearance focused, right? Like, let's just take it off their appearance as part of like a way to encourage them. Yes, you can call your daughter lovely or your son handsome. There is nothing wrong with that. I will openly admit I call my daughter beautiful. She has no idea what that means. So I sure. get a pass. Yes. But that is okay. But let's not base their identity in those things. Like, let's help them find their strengths, right? Like, 
Who are they outside of their, let's say, five foot two frame? Right? Like, who are they? Are they athletic? Are they creative? Are they kind? Right? Like, let's build on their strengths. Let's not glorify or kind of put too much value on what their physical appearance looks like. Mm-hmm. Does well, that make sense? It does. But you know why? It's so hard. Like, so we go see family and they uh. see the kids. And the first thing is, wow, you've gotten so big or... I know. You know, because it takes time to get to know that person inside, right? To be totally. able to say, hey, tell me about soccer. I heard you're a great soccer player. That is harder to do than to say, mm-hmm. wow, your hair got long or wow, you, you know, your, your sister still hasn't grown much, you know, like that. <laughs> but it I'm takes kind of short. It, no. ta- yeah, it takes so much time and intentionality to know the person yeah. versus just looking at them and and commenting right away and and having that pressure to say something, right? Right. And that's the easiest thing to say is, oh, you cut your hair. Um, You know, that that shirt's looking a little small or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Right. And I always say to people, if you feel like your default is mm appearance-based, let's comment on like, like, for example, the bow or right. like an article of clothing. Sure. Right? Like if that's your default, I get it. It does take intentionality. That's such a good word. And thoughtfulness. But we're tired. We're busy. It's oftentimes not intentional that right. we are making these body comments. Right. Let's just take it off the physical aspects of the body. And let's say, love your blouse. Mm-hmm. Or what cool shoes, right? Keep it moving. Keep it simple. It's great. If we need to be kind of on a more surface level. And then if and when we can go deeper, especially as parents, because we have that luxury. It is a luxury to have children. It is a luxury to get to watch them grow. Mm -hmm. It is a blessing, right? So if we are able to invest in our children and get to know who they are, because they're mostly really cool people, right? Yes. Let's build up those different parts of their identity and embrace them unconditionally regardless of appearance. Yes. I love that. That is so helpful. And some things I would definitely say not to do. Yes. More importantly, more importantly, but not to do. So we've kind of said, let's not comment on like physical appearance and even more, let's not comment on shape and weight, right? Mm -hmm. If let's say someone's body has changed because, you know, Bodies change. When a female goes through puberty, Mm. it is expected that they will gain 30 to 40 pounds. Now, are they also growing in height at this time typically to match that? Yes. But we don't need to comment if maybe that part hasn't caught up yet. Right. And that's okay. So we don't need to comment on their body size, whether they're small, medium, or large. Their body is their body, but there is no room for that. So I would say don't talk about weight. Don't talk about body size or shape unless it is just very neutrally, which body neutrality I'll briefly talk about. And I do talk about this in my workshop that I get to, I got to be a part of. Yes. Um, body neutrality is just a way to kind of look at our bodies for what they do, right? And okay. respect them for the functionality, even when we may not love how it appears. We're not okay. always going to love our bodies. Our kids, that's an unrealistic expectation for kids to always love their bodies or for people to always love their bodies. We live in diet culture. We live in wellness culture. We live in celebrity culture, right? Like the right. unrealistic expectations are there and they're everywhere. So like, right. are we going to have bad body image days? Yes. But if we can then take it back to a place of neutrality and look at function, right? Right. So give me, almost, give me an example okay. of that. Sure. So- 
Um, body neutrality would just be like, my body is my body. And I may not love my body today, but I can respect my body because it keeps me alive. Gotcha. Very simply put. Or like with little kids, you can go through it of like, I like my arms because they can hug mommy. Mm-hmm. For older kids, I like my arms because they can help me drive, right? Or right. my arms are my arms. If we're not going to like them, that's fine. Little kids, you can get the, you can, sure. they'll like, they'll sure. like them for a little bit, right? But when they're older, they're going to be like, no, I don't like my arms. Okay, fine. My arms are my arms. They help me drive and I can go hang out with my friends. Right. Great. Yeah. That's great. Something and, like that. And, you know, trying to say things like we say in the preschool all the time, you know, God, God made you just the way you are. And yet God made those hands for building and creating and those yeah. kinds of things. Would that be yeah. an example? Absolutely. That's a great example. Okay. Yes. And um, I recently did a YouTube video with our dietitian and we talked about in Genesis one twenty seven. God says that we are very good, Mm. right? So remembering that he made the sun, the moon, the stars, and the sky. He made the birds of the air and the beast of the sea. You know, he did all the things and they were good. Mm -hmm. I would say they were marvelous, but he's, you know, he's humble. He said they were good. But when it came to us, he said we were very good. And God is also intentional. Yes. I love that. Um, Yeah. Part of, I think, why it's hard for us and our kids is this social media, the technology, the different feeds that we are getting, and mm-hmm. that's playing into a lot of these um, negative thoughts, I would yeah. think, um, self-esteem. Totally. And so what, what do you see on that, and what are your thoughts? Yes. I mean, there have been countless reports of how social media impacts adolescent mental health as well as adolescent body image in a negative way, um, for sure. That is absolutely researched and sadly very much reported. But let's accept that social media isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not. And I will say I love to tell people social media can be used for the powers of good. It can. But how do we do that? So in this situation, What I typically would try to recommend is first, like, let's have conversations about social media with our kids and not ones that are just, oh, you were on TikTok for seven hours today. Great. They know that. Right. Right. Like, they know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, okay, then they're really going to want to keep talking to you. No. Let's have conversations. What accounts are you following? Tell me about them. Share accounts with them that you like and you think, may relate to them or they might be mm-hmm. into. Because again, we're taking the time to get to know our kids. Um, so having conversations around what they're following, encouraging them to follow diverse accounts. When we see different bodies, not all that look the same, our brain is able to then interpret that all bodies are good. Oh, Where that's when we great. just yeah. yeah. When we just keep seeing people that look like us or what we think the ideal is, we're going to be chasing that ideal. Or we're going to be chasing what we think we need to look like or people who look like us. But diversity is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So the more that we can kind of diversify our feeds and have different accounts on not just body diversity, but all different topics, again, we can use it for the power of goods. And it doesn't have to be this scary place that I acknowledge it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Sure. Um, I would also say like, let's talk about filters, right? We know they're all using the filters. Yes. It's okay, right? Like I use filters sometimes. <laughs> it's fine, right? But like, let's talk about it. If they're watching something and you can visually observe like, 
oh, I think that person's using the bunny filter. That's so funny, right? Like, just call it out. Let's just talk about filters. What do you think about filters? Have you ever used a filter? What's your favorite one? Sometimes they are truly innocent and silly, but sometimes they are problematic and give unrealistic um, beauty expectations. Mm -hmm. And we just need to keep talking about it instead of kind of like shaming people. Like I think sometimes, understandably, parents can get frustrated, especially with like the tweens and teens with like, yes. their heads. Yeah, I <laughs> just get a little, it. Just totally. a little bit, Gabby. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. A little I bit. totally get it. And this is something I hear all the time from clients and parents of like, they're always on their phone. Okay, fair. And we can talk about healthy boundaries with that as a, in a minute. But like, let's talk about what they're seeing on their phone. So for example, the Kardashians, instead of let's shaming them and, oh, I can't believe Kim does this. What do you like about Kim? Mm. Do you think that's something that's real? Mm-hmm. Right. And it might be, it could be, she's very involved in social justice. And if they reply with like, oh, she helps prisoners get out of prison. Cool. What a great conversation right. to have with your teenager. Or if they reply like, oh, she, you know, makes these fun filters. Okay. What's your favorite one? Oh, that's fun. Okay. Let's just make sure we know that's not real. Right. right? And just keeping it light. Like it doesn't have to be super deep because then they're not going to want to keep talking no, to you. No, that will shut the conversation down faster <laughs> than anything else. They're just not going to talk to you. So keeping it light, keeping it fun as much as possible, acknowledging that there are some parenting, you know, things that need to happen. And this is where the boundaries come in. Mm. Um, And I would say if you want your kid to have boundaries with social media, you need to have boundaries with social media. It's just like if we want them to have healthy self-esteem, it has to start with us, right? We're modeling all of it for them. All of it, all the time. They are sponges, even when they are, you know, in adolescence and young adulthood. We Mm -hmm. are still their person, hopefully. And if we are... They are modeling everything we do. Yes. And that's the challenge of parenting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think I'm still in like the easier phase in that end. She (laughs) can't walk yet. She can't talk yet. So I can get away with a few things. But I'm sure in a few years, I'm going to need to watch it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they see it all. They see it all. They do. They do. Yeah. The good, the bad, and all the in-between. All the in-between. All the (laughs) in-between. So these are all typical age-appropriate mm-hmm. growing up things. When yes. What are some signs that maybe um, something more is going on or there's a bigger issue that we should be concerned about? And, and you know, what are some um, less typical things we might see? Yeah. So I think the first thing would be like, if you see a change in their eating habits, and I'm not talking about like, oh, they, you know, they only ate half their eggs one day out of the week, right? Like, okay. Right. Like we all have different hungers and fullness cues. Our bodies have different needs at different times. Mm -hmm. But let's say consistently all of a sudden they don't like eggs and they're not eating X, Y, or Z in addition to that. Okay. Have a go. Hey, I noticed you used to really like this. What's going on? Well, they might just be like, I don't like it anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you then continue to see them restricting more and more or doing behaviors like hiding food or eating food very fast, basically like a very quick change in habits and behaviors around food that maybe was once relatively air quote normal or something that you felt was, you know, healthy for your child. So if you see a quick change and they can't really explain it when they explain it, you kind of feel like they're like blowing you off. Mm -hmm. And I would say, again, don't be overly critical, be curious, right? Like 
what's going on? When we get critical with our kids again, they're just going to shut down. Right. That's dangerous when it comes to this. Um, also, if you see a change in their mood and their behavior and they're tending to withdraw, um, a lot of times eating disorders and disordered eating loves to exist in isolation. So say that you have an introverted child, but they have a couple friends and you really see them withdrawing from those friends, withdrawing from things that they like, again, have a curious compassionately curious is the word I like to use, Mm. conversation. Um, Also, if let's say that they are changing their habits around sports or exercise, so say that they were a soccer player and they had practiced five nights a week and they would just go to practice and then, you know, once in a while, maybe on the weekends, kick the ball around, great. All of a sudden, they're doing three days and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Or on the flip side, they're not exercising at all. They don't want to go to soccer. They don't want to do their sport or their passion. Um, and a change in mood is also like a big one because um, mm. when we don't eat, we're like super cranky, understandably, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. So I know they're already moody, but a, a drastic change in mood. Again, I think a lot of times there are things that we try to be like, is this adolescence? Is this young adulthood? Right. Yes. And if you have like your mom or dad, like gut instinct, like something more is going on here, I would encourage you to look into it. Also, a change in their body. So Eating disorders and disordered eating is not about size. I know we all picture this white, thin female who's just emaciated when we think of eating disorders. Mm -hmm. That's actually not true. Only 6% of people with eating disorders will actually be underweight. So if you're just seeing little changes, but that is alarming to you because you know your kid, Mm. talk to the pediatrician, talk to your kiddo. You know, it never hurts. An ounce of prevention or early intervention goes such a long way when it comes to this topic. That's so helpful. And and I love um, to be curious. Like I'm trying to use that more with my own kids. Help me understand. This is what I'm saying now. Help me understand. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, Versus, you know, the critical questioning um, and that, that does get them talking. Help me understand. I'll give you an example. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So there were six bags of chocolate in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Why are they gone? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, did you like that chocolate? Yeah, I did. It was good. Okay. Maybe we should um have something with the chocolate. Leave it at that. They can have all six bags if they really want them. Now, let's be honest. If they're <laughs> eating six bags of chocolate, they probably didn't eat lunch or dinner. So we just want to make sure we're having like all the foods, right? Right. <laughs> Their chocolate. So just kind of being like, did you like this? Really keeping it light and conversational versus accusatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with my son yesterday. He went out with some friends and I gave him 20 bucks for pizza, which I thought would be enough. So I go to pick him up and he comes out and he's like, I need more money. And I'm like, you need more money. He said, (laughs) I'm like, I gave you $20. And he's like, I need more. So I I give him another 10. He comes out. I I said, said, what did you have? I'm so, help me understand how $20 wasn't enough for pizza. And he said, well... I bought fries for the whole table and then we got dessert and then we got drinks, you know, but, but it could have easily gone the other way of like, how much did you eat that you need more than $20, right? Right. Two different conversations. Curious. And he just told you, he said, I bought some fries. I got some drinks. All right. Okay. I bought lunch for the whole table. I mean, I don't like, did anybody else pay? He is the mayor. So like, (laughs) it's understandable. The behaviors are understandable. Oh, but just to be that, that curiosity versus yeah. the criticism yeah. is huge. Um, totally. So, so helpful, Gabby. Um, so many things. I, 
What would you say um, for the parents listening are some of the biggest takeaways for us to remember in this department of the self-esteem and self-image? Yeah. So I think um, it's really hard being a parent, number one. So just know that like, you're not alone. You're not alone at all. And that, you know, God is with you. Your community is with you. Your partner, if you're lucky enough to have a partner, is with you. So like, you don't have to do this alone. It's important that if you are struggling, you are taking care of you, right? Because being a mom, being a parent, it is really challenging. So whether it's body image stuff or just mental health stuff in general, like take care of yourself. Because if you're good, like Lynn, your kids are going to be good or you're going to be able to show up for them in such a beautiful way that you Mm. become this safe space for them um, because you are taking care of you. That's great. And so I would say definitely that. And then also just remembering um, that like there is hope and you can have peace with food in your body. Like a lot of times when I have these conversations, people will be like, well, that's really nice, but this feels really elusive. Fair, right? Like mm-hmm. I do this all day long. I I have a head start. I totally get that. But like there are people that do have peace with food in your body and you are deserving and worthy of that too. And it will only benefit your family. Mm. That's so great. Thank you so much for sharing this with us and yep. just um, being a good sounding board. And And I know that, that you are reachable um, in lots of ways for people who yeah. want more help with this. But um, thank you for being here and for our listeners today. Um, any thoughts or questions or more info, you can reach out to um, podcast at meethope.org or Gabby. And you have a website too, right? Yes, yes, recoveredandrestoredtherapy.com or on Instagram at Gabrielle LPC or at Recovered and Restored. We can't do therapy through Instagram, but I'm always happy to chat about this and connect you with myself or a resource if we can help. That is so wonderful. Thank you again, Gabby. And um, it's always fun chatting with you. Thanks for being a part of the Hope community as we continue our conversations about faith and hope. If you don't already, please join us for worship on Sundays or on demand. You can learn more at meethope.org or find us on socials at Meet Hope Church.